Welcome to our third episode of Experiencing the Truth. <laughs> and today we're going to talk about a topic that um, I think is pretty confusing for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, even people in the church, it mm -hmm. can kind of be pretty confusing. We're going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, we've mm -hmm. talked about the baptism in water and laying on of hands, and maybe you're thinking, what do you mean something that's pretty that, that All that other stuff was kind of confusing. Well, this for sure is one of those things that I think a lot of people would say at times has made them uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, when you think about, like, the spirit, whenever you talk about spirit stuff, uh, we, we've we concocted some idea what the spirit would look like. Mm -hmm. And, um, it, you know, when you're a kid growing up in it, you, 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 you experience it, you hear it, it's what you're comfortable with. So if you grew up hearing about it, it's, it's no big deal. It's just it's part of the whole thing. If you haven't, to see it, uh, to hear about it and to see how that interacts with your life, that's like foreign. That's that's totally weird <laughs> and strange. You know when you do it. You know when you're a kid doing it. Mm -hmm. You know it's it's incredible. When when were you baptized in the spirit? So I was baptized really. I was baptized in elementary school. Yeah, um, that's pretty. Yeah, <laughs> at a young age. Yeah. Uh, like my dad has always been has always taught me about like the spiritual realm that there's things that we don't see uh, that are realer than the tangible things that we have in front of us. And so I was always, and, and you know, what's interesting, it almost, when you were talking about that almost brings up, you know, how in scripture where it says, um, that the kingdom is given to children. Yeah. Like, you know, as you get older and you experience, we start to doubt and question. So it's interesting when you said as a child, you hear your father talking to you about it as a child, you just accept some things mm -hmm. and, and it kind of develops you in your mind. Your later. Right. And all the cynicism right. comes later, but there's like an awe. And I wasn't thinking about, I remember them, them, um, I honestly don't remember the process and what they did. I remember being able to, to speak in tongues um, and not really understand what was going on. And I wasn't thinking logically. I just started praying in tongues. And I rem but uh, afterwards, I remember being super excited, but then I looked to my left and then uh, a good friend of mine that, that went to the camp with me that grew up in the church like I did, he was crying like his elementary school kid because he didn't receive like the, the baptism of Holy Spirit and didn't speak in tongues. And I remember feeling like, Oh, like I felt so bad because I'm like, well, what is he doing wrong? Like, and I feel like that's why that the tears were coming because it's, am I doing something wrong? Mm -hmm. And I remember though getting back and I wanted everybody to experience what I experienced, not knowing the theology behind it, where I would be on the bus and uh, praying for baptism of the Holy spirit on the school bus. <laughs> I'm sure so, there were a few parents that that were wondering what what's going on in our school buses today. Yeah, like, that that early kids are getting on drugs. This is uh, epidemic. Yeah. No, so I with that, like I always am brought back to like the amazing things that God has done in my life, and I'm like, God, why have you like revealed yourself to me in this type of way? And I've had all these different experiences, but how come you can't like? show that to my friend or experience my friend in that same way. And my heart's always been for like that kid, like, bro, I don't know 
why this is happening. I don't know why I'm speaking in mm -hmm. tongues right now at the moment uh, or, or these different things and the way God operates. I just know that it's good. And I think the enemy comes in. That's where he takes opportunity and he makes you think that he brings condemnation. Yeah. And then we associate, since I can't speak in tongues, that one, it's just a specific gift that not everybody gives and God doesn't want to give it to anybody. And then it brings condemnation because that's where the enemy can come into play and say, well, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, you know, with all the confusion, you know, uh, there, God doesn't bring confusion. Mm -mm. So whenever there is confusion, um, you have to ask yourself, why is it that I'm, I'm walking in confusion in yeah. this area? And and it's in the midst of confusion that Satan is able to plant lies. Mm -hmm. <coughs> and, you know, uh, we know that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a very real thing because we've experienced it. So we can talk of the goodness of it and how incredible it is. But it is truly amazing how many people who have never experienced it love to talk about it in a way that, in, in many cases, and, and that it's demonic. Yeah. And if there's one thing I do know, it's not demonic. It is very biblical. Mm -hmm. um, the Bible was very clear. And, and to the disciples, when Jesus said, it's really better that I go because the Holy Spirit's going to come. And it's better that he be with you than if I'm with you. Hmm. And yeah. uh, it's, I don't know that Jesus could have explained it better. Yeah, um, you know, the, for real. There, in Hebrews chapter 6, when it refers to laying the foundations, the elementary teachings, it talks uh, in verse 1, it says baptisms. Mm -hmm. And um, there are really three baptisms. One, you're baptized into salvation. Two, you're baptized into water. So you're saved. Yeah. But three, you're baptized into the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And um, the Holy Spirit really baptizes you into Christ, but Christ baptizes us into the Holy Spirit. And, and John 3, 5 talks about that. Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, mm -hmm. baptism, and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of That's God. Right. But let's let's just hold it as it's demonic or it's tradition. He uses two trulys in there. Well, and even earlier in that verse, it says it says if you're not baptized or really talking about the baptism into salvation, uh, it says mm -hmm. you can see the kingdom of God. But then when you're baptized in water and of spirit, you can walk in the kingdom mm -hmm. of God. It's a it's a combination one obedience and power. Wow. God will never give hmm. power without obedience. That's, That's why we obey in the baptism of water. Hmm. But then the power is released through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. And Paul often said again and again in scriptures, he says, uh, were you baptized in the spirit? And when they weren't, he went right to that. It was hmm. it was part of the full experience Um uh, that we have in Christ that we're baptized. But I think with confusion, so some of the confusion is is if I don't speak in tongues, then I'm then you think I'm going to hell. That's just not true. Um, I think it's part of the full experience. The full full gospel includes the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, yeah. and there are all kinds of scriptures that support this uh, for sure. And and I and I really it's important people will say, well, I have the Spirit living in you. It's really the baptism of the Holy Spirit isn't the Spirit living in you. 
that's how you were born again. You were born again by that third part of you. You were created in God's image, body, soul, and spirit. Um, when Adam and Eve sinned, their spirit man died. It was at salvation that the spirit man was given life again through Christ. At the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes and rests upon you, just as they did in the day of Pentecost. And Pentecost is strange because people think, oh, that's a weird word. That's a scary word, like the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. um, Pentecost means nothing more than 50, 50 days, essentially. Mm -hmm. And that's when Pentecost took place in the upper room was 50 days after uh, the resurrection of Christ. Uh, 50 days later, and we have the Feast of Pentecost, which was there um, prior to Jesus even dying. This was all set up ahead of time. This isn't something that took place after the cross happened. This hmm. was all. This was set up when all of the feasts were set up. Hmm. Imagine, I know a lot of people like were really impatient. I know I'm impatient. Mm -hmm. 50 days, you're, Jesus is telling you, uh, <coughs> I'm, I'm just like picturing being like a disciple and a and uh, Jesus telling me that there's something greater that's coming, and he talks about the advocate and, and how when he leaves, he's giving, he's, it'll bring you peace, and, and he'll remind you of what I, I have taught you. Um, but then going, and I'm, I'm waiting for this, I'm seeing the, the Jewish leaders and, and, and the Romans trying to snuff out this movement, and I'm fearing for my life, and I'm waiting on this thing. Like, it was more than just convenience. It was God, you left me. Aren't you going to get like, I, <laughs> I'm supposed to do this by myself now. I imagine like waiting 50 days pursuing, but we get bored uh, after a week of like fasting and like focusing on prayer or even like 30 minutes on prayer. Um, I think there's a desperation that also like seeking after God. I think that a lot of us just become bored way too quick. Uh, but you look at in scripture, 50 days is a long time. Yeah, I mean, and Jesus had just died. They had been following Jesus. Uh, he had been kind of the leader of the pack, so they were doing what he was telling yeah. them to do. Now he's gone. Mm -hmm. Well, Jesus was the visionary. Yeah. Who Who's going to give us the vision? Hmm. If you remember, they were convinced Jesus was going to become king on earth. Yeah. This is new news to them. They mm -hmm. needed 50 days just to reconcile the fact that Jesus is now gone. Yeah. Um, he's he's out of here and he of course came back during that 50 days and walked with them and then ascended into heaven mm -hmm. uh so the full 50 days uh wasn't without jesus but here they are now a whole world ahead of them only a few hundred believers at the time and certainly only 12 disciples men disciples at the time and no visionary no so what are they going to do they're sitting there. If you're sitting there thinking, okay, God goes, go ye therefore into all the world and make disciples of all creation. Imagine yeah. how overwhelming that felt. Mm. They don't have social media. They don't have telephones. They no. don't have cars. They don't have airplanes. They don't have any vehicle. And the command is go ye therefore into all the world. Um, it was an impossible task that Jesus had purposed them with. Yeah. And he says, before you even try to do it, you need to wait because the visionary is going to come hmm. because the power to do that and fulfill what I'm asking you to do is going to come. He, he was e essentially, there's a promise. I promise you that what is coming will be better for you than when I was with you. Hmm. And I think most people have a hard time grasping yeah. that. Well, why is, I had a conversation with 
um, a, a Muslim friend and he had reached out to me. He was very sp- respectful. And we started off with saying, you know, like we're, this is going to get heated. Like you're genuinely asking questions, but we're going to agree on a lot of things, but there's two things that we will not agree on. It's the deity of Jesus and the Holy spirit that that's where it's going to, it's mm-hmm. going to draw the line. And it was funny because when, when Jesus says something greater is coming, they think that that was Muhammad. They don't think that Jesus got the full revelation uh, of God, that all the prophets leading up to him, like they, they see Jesus as holy, uh, that he is, that they have to believe in Jesus, uh, in order to gain favor with Allah, but they don't believe that he had the full revelation and that there was someone else that was to come being Muhammad that was going to reveal the rest of that prophecy to them. They totally missed the point that Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit. They totally missed the point when he said, I'm going to destroy the temple and build it in three days. Meaning when that curtain split, when he died on the cross, that separation between just priests being able to go in the presence of God, that split was was uh, where we can approach the throne, like what it says in scripture, with boldness and confidence, knowing that he has taken away all our sins, that he was the holy and perfect sacrifice. If you don't, that if you don't believe that Jesus was a sacrifice, you don't understand that now because of him and we're, we're dying to our flesh and raised to life in him, you don't understand that we're a temple, like what he talked about, building the church again, that we're a temple of our good morals, our, our, mm-hmm. our aspirations, the Holy Spirit lives within us. That's what the gift is. Paul talks about who knows a man's thoughts. I don't know what you're thinking, but the gift of the Holy Spirit is that God gives us his spirit so we know his teachings and he's an advocate for us. There's right. power that comes with it. <coughs> yeah, That's a big separating factor. Yeah, the spirit man that you get at salvation really yeah. um, is, is the ability to connect with God. Yeah, It really is. So there's two different things. At salvation, you're given the spirit man, but mm-hmm. at the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit rests on that's you, a big thing, right which there. Yeah. which you connect with, and that's that's a challenge mm-hmm. for many people to comprehend. But in Acts, it's biblical. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's in the it's in history. It was at least recorded by living people. These aren't yeah. make believe stories. Um, these weren't parables. Jesus was telling even these were. Uh, a point where there were over a hundred people in an upper room and they said tongues as fire rested on them that hmm. like they saw they probably didn't see their own you know they go like that the fire probably just <laughs> they couldn't see their but but they saw the tongues like fire rest upon them and and they just recorded what they saw you hmm. would need 120 people to lie about what they experienced yeah in order for for that to say, yeah, let's all agree, and we'll say this is what happens. But history uh, then says, now these are these are a small band of believers. They get baptized in the Holy Spirit, and within days, three thirty five hundred people are not only saved but immediately baptized in the Holy Spirit. Hmm. That Peter wanted them to experience immediately what they had experienced in the day of Pentecost. And, and, and I, I want to explain, when we get more into tongues, I, I want to communicate because there's a lot of uh, disagreement and confusion over the tongue thing, um, and, and that comes along with, and I'll say it now, tongues is an evidence of what is going on in the spiritual realm. It is not a gift, um, and, and, I, and 
just as your ability to speak and communicate with people is not a gift, it, and maybe you think it's a gift. It is, you know, if you don't have it, you would think it would be a gift to be able to do that again. But we, we, we really look at it as part of our function of what we do. Yeah. Tongues is nothing more than the function of our spirit man. And, and at the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, one of the things that takes place is a function is introduced to us of the Holy Spirit that is rested upon us. It gives the ability of our spirit to speak. So, <clears throat> but you were, you were talking about in, in um, the Muslim friend you had, mm -hmm. you know, there are, there are certainly some sticking points that we run into. It, if we go back to the beginning of Ishmael and Isaac. Yeah. You know, one of the sticking points was the blessing, even though Ishmael was the oldest, the blessing went through Isaac. Mm -hmm. And I'm not Jewish, yeah. um, not Jewish at all. Um, and, and so I have no uh, historical claim to the promise. Yeah. But Jesus came and he said it was for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, and I think uh, the, the reason it's hard to recognize Jesus as... Uh, the promise is because especially if you live in the lineage of Ishmael or you come from you, you're, you're basically saying we were the son that was rejected or felt mm. rejected and mm. we didn't get the, the blood and it came through Isaac and, and, and in order to be saved you have to accept Christ was not only the promise of their father Abraham he was the son of God, mm. the deity of God. Uh, and Jesus is very clear in Romans. Is, uh, Paul was very clear that it's by believing and confessing that Jesus was the son of God in the flesh. And the only one who will reveal that to you is the Holy Spirit. And if you deny the Holy Spirit, then what access do you have to understand truth? Yeah. Um, so the enemy is very good at deceiving people to believe the Holy Spirit is has no engagement in our life or is in the Bible but has no activity in our life when in reality you shut down the Holy Spirit, you don't acknowledge the presence of the Holy Spirit just in our day-to-day -day life, you're really shutting down any true understanding of the kingdom of God mm -hmm. because you won't comprehend the parables without the Holy Spirit. You won't comprehend the scriptures without the Holy Spirit. So for, let's say, um, me speaking as someone that maybe j gave their life to Christ, have been mm -hmm. a Christian for a while. Um, but I hear this, and to be honest, it sounds kind of offensive mm -hmm. because I've been faithfully serving God. I feel like I move with the Holy Spirit, but I've never spoken in tongues. I've never yeah. seen the manifestation. You said something, or I think it was really good, uh, where I noticed when you said there was, there was confession, which without the Spirit, you would not be able to, you wouldn't mm -hmm. know because it, in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 2.14, it's foolishness without the Spirit. So the Spirit draws people towards God. But then you talk about when you confess, then there's baptism. Baptism is obedience. Thirdly is then the power. After obedience, then comes the power mm -hmm. is where the Spirit rests on you. So if I am a Christian and I believe that Jesus, I'm not just a, a Christian where I have just a Bible verse in my my Instagram bio, or I post an occasional Bible verse, and I go uh, once a month to church. Mm -hmm. um, I truly am a follower of Jesus. Yeah. If I have not received the baptism of Holy Spirit and manifestation of tongues, does that mean I don't have the Holy Spirit? No, you, your spirit, man, you've been interacting with the Spirit. 
in, in John chapter uh, 1, mm-hmm. it says that you see the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. that you're in the family of God, you're a child of God. But just as it says in Hebrews, let's leave the elementary teachings behind. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stunted growth that happens because of, of, of arguments or mm-hmm. disagreements where we shut down our growth. Like I just refuse. So here's a, an example of a story. I, I had a neighbor who um, lived next to me and, you know, we, we developed a relationship. He knew as a pastor and we got talking and, and he wanted to talk about the Lord and I'm always want to do that. And we got talking about the Holy Spirit. And I, I think he wanted more an argument hmm. than anything else. He wanted to tell me why I was wrong, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and so we w- went into the conversation, and I said, essentially, if, if I told you that eating steak was incredible, it's just amazing, it tasted great, but you had never done it, and you just believed that it was wrong to do that, and <coughs> that it would be destroy your body and all of those things, and I said, well, have you ever tasted it? And, and it's hard to describe something that hmm. you've never tasted, hmm. or a place you've never been to. Hmm. If you... It, you you can hear all about Hawaii, but until you go there, you don't know the smells. You can't see the full. You never really can take a picture of all the sights. Yet so many people want to have an opinion about something that they've never experienced. Secondly, and, and this is basically what I said to him. I said, listen, do you believe God gives you bad gifts? Hmm. And he said, of course not. Scripture says every good and perfect gift comes from above. I said, then what would it harm you? to say Holy Spirit, who he believed to be part of scriptures. I mean, the Holy Spirit's there. He's part of the Trinity. Um, he, I go, what would it harm you for you to say, Holy Spirit, if you baptize in the Holy Spirit and you, and, and you speak in t- and, and you, we can speak in tongues and that's what you want for my life, then I want that for my life. What would it harm you to do that? Because God isn't going to give you something that was bad for you. Mm. He refused to do that mm-hmm. because his theology didn't allow him to have a relationship with God in which he trusted God. He could ask God to do things in his life that may change the way he saw God. Hmm. So, yeah, do I believe certain things? Certainly. But God, I know that there are things I believe that are probably shaped by my uh, family of origin or yeah. where I was brought up. Yeah. Am I willing to trust my relationship with a living God, an active Holy Spirit in my life to say, James, you need to change the way you think, or I'm going to give you an experience that's going to directly contradict the way you saw all of this. Are we open to uh, allowing God to change the way we think? It's called repentance, hmm. to change the way we think our whole life should be repenting yeah um which isn't feeling bad about what we're doing that's not what repentance repentance is saying holy spirit there are a lot of lies i believe and i want you to correct those lies in my life so i have to be open-handed yeah to things and saying god show me the give me the experiences that cause me to walk the way you want me to walk in i always say um (laughs) to like my friends um that are coming to christ or people that are skeptics you know when someone what someone is looking for you can tell it's either they're trying to clean conscience or they're genuinely seeking God. And I always say, come to this, come to this group, um, read the Bible, but you're going to get what you're looking for. Yeah. Meaning 
you might not be looking for Jesus. You're, you're going to get what you're looking for. A lot of people, how do we, how do people justify homosexuality and how do people justify uh, slavery in the Bible? How do people justify the crusades? How do you get what you're looking for? Right. When we take scripture and we put our nature versus nurture, how we grew up and what we think is right. Then we put our beliefs on it instead of having a relationship where I read scripture. It's like, God, this is really hard to take in, but I can't just overlook what you say in your word. Can you show me, can you work on my heart? And God does that. Like that sounds stupid or or corny to say, but he literally does that. There's times where I'm like, God, I'm really needing help with this verse. Even with talking with this Muslim friend of mine, I'm not going to lie. I have some doubts when I, when I like talk to people with these other beliefs and I have to take a break sometimes Mm -hmm. from it and refocus with God and, and ask, I'm like, God, I need you to show me some of these things. Am I believing just out of faith or can you point me to your word and reveal yourself to me? Because I'm honestly struggling. I believe, but help my unbelief. People don't have that approach. We have pride. And if God's word is true, you believe it to be true. It says he opposes the proud. A lot of people are being opposed by God and are looking for things to to just support what they already believe. They don't look to, to kind of come at the ideas that they have in their heart and that they've grown up on. It doesn't challenge them. You don't want to believe you believe lies. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to, you, you like you're comfortable with what you believe in. So you don't want to believe that what you've stood on is forever. But if you stop and think about it, it is a dangerous place if you're wrong Mm -hmm. and, and there, because there are preachers that have said that people who speak in tongues are demonic. That's (laughs) demonic. possession yeah. well-known preachers that have said uh that that has passed and now if you do it it's demonic how it went from being god to demonic yeah. i don't know i don't look at a change of dispensation i think we're still part of the early church today working that nothing has changed in the new covenant uh yeah. from the bible days to that we're still writing chapters in the new testament church yeah um but it's a dangerous place to mm-hmm. be in to deny the Holy Spirit. I mean, Father, God the Father, God the Son, God the Bible. There are people that give more respect for the Bible than they do the Holy Spirit. But it's an inspired word of God. <coughs> what right. was it inspired by? Right, by God. And, and it isn't the Trinity. The Bible isn't a part of the Trinity. Yeah, the Holy exactly. Spirit is part of the Trinity. Exactly. And our relationship, that's what we're nurturing right now, is our Mm -hmm. relationship with the Holy Spirit while we're on earth. And and Jesus told us to do that. Hmm. He expressed that. You know, what's interesting is um, when it comes to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you you really got to read the book of Acts. But if you read the Gospels, you're going to see this uh, really coming out. Mm -hmm. You know, in the Old Testament, there were three feasts. There's feast of Passover, feast of Pentecost, and the feast of Tabernacles. Mm-hmm. And if the piece of, uh, feast of Passover, um, there's seven feasts, but three categories. The pe- feast of Passover really talks about the sacrifice Christ would make. You know, the lamb, blood of the lamb on the doorpost, yeah. that there would be a redeeming lamb. We know that to be Jesus. If you ask Christians, do you believe in the prophecy of that feast yeah. they would say yes mm-hmm. and then the feast of tabernacles which is in the fall uh that 
really is a prophecy of the Lord is coming back. Yeah. Second coming, the future, you know. And if you ask most Christians, they say, no doubt, we believe that the Lord is coming back. So mm-hmm. then what was the Pentecost? Mm-hmm. Well, what happened on Pentecost? The Holy Spirit came like tongues of fire, and they rested on him, and then they spoke in other tongues. Mm-hmm. And you ask, well, I don't. we agree with Passover, and we agree with the Feast of Tabernacles, but I don't know what to think about Pentecost. Well, why do we question the feast in the middle? The one that, yeah. because it makes us uncomfortable. And, and no one wants to be out of control. Like we can. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <coughs> you uh-huh. know, we, we, you hear people, I'm trying to get tongues. Well, that's that's the problem. Really, it's a matter of going to the Holy Spirit and saying, just, you know, I'm coming to you. Will you baptize me in the Holy Spirit? It's not something you get to choose. It's it's something that just happens. And mm-hmm. I think we make it more complicated than well, it needs to when be. When you talk about complication and receiving like a child, I think a lot of times, um, as I think it's harder to be honest for Christians that have been in the church for so long, and this has been told to them as evil, um, because there's so much cynicism built up that their hearts are so hard towards it. You see in Scripture in Acts ten forty four through forty eight, uh, where there's a Gentile conversion, then baptism, and it was so abrupt, and it wasn't like, all right, say this prayer with me. Mm-hmm. It just happened and uh at 44 it says while peter was still speaking these words the holy spirit came down on all those who heard the message mm-hmm. heard the message the circumcised believers who had come with peter were astounded because the gift of the holy spirit had been poured out on the gentiles also for they heard them speaking in other languages and declaring the greatness of god well th- that's such a key part uh, I think in all of it, because if there's an argument that is made by people who disagree uh, against whether or not that's for today or not, or what tongues should be, I personally believe tongues, one, is not a gift. Mm-hmm. It's an evidence. It's a function of the spirit life. So um, when we speak in tongues, we are functionally functioning the way yeah. God wants us to function. We're giving voice to our spirit man when we speak in tongues. I firmly believe that when we get to heaven, uh, we will be speaking that same language we spoke on earth. We'll be speaking in heaven, and there will be a, the ability to interpret what is being heard. And I'll, and I'll explain that in more detail here in a moment. I got an incredible true story of what really opened the door for this. But I think if you think tongues is a gift, even in in, uh, 1 Corinthians 14 where it says there are nine gifts and then there was the gift of tongues and then the gift of interpretation, I think there's a misunderstanding that the tongue is the gift. It really isn't the gift. The tongue is, is, is the tongue that is given as the gift of the Spirit there the gift isn't the tongue, it's the message. Hmm. It's the message. The tongue is basically, why do you need a tongue and interpretation? Why is it even there? That makes no sense unless you believe God speaks in a spirit language. Hmm. And, and when you get that gift, when that spirit language comes, you're, what you're essentially saying is, God, speak through my mouth in your language. Hmm. And in order for us to understand it, it needs an interpretation. Yeah. That's... <coughs> That's when God's wanting to speak to his body 
But when you're speaking to God in your spirit language, it does not need to be interpreted interpreted because God knows how to interpret what's yeah. the language you're speaking. So when people say, well, you need to interpret every time you speak in tongues, it's just really not true. No. Um, it's, it's perfect prayer. When you're speaking in tongues, it's perfect prayer to the Father that speaks that language. It's a heavenly language. However, when the Holy Spirit wants to participate with us and give us a message, we give the message in tongues. The gift isn't the tongue. The gift is the message he gives. And the gift of interpretation is that you get to understand the word he's giving. And, and it should be a word that's life-giving. Now, there, there's a whole lot we could talk about that, and we need to talk about it more. But the one argument, Alex, that you hear a lot is, well, it was an ancient language because when they were there, all of these people understood um, them speaking in tongues. So they begin to speak in tongues, and all of those people understood it hmm. in their language. So read that verse again that you had in Acts uh, where, where he's preaching, and then they yeah. spoke in tongues. Read it again. I want, I want to show something to this. While Peter was still speaking these <coughs> words, the Holy Spirit came down, and all those who had heard the message— uh, on all those who heard the message, the circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astounded because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on Gentiles also. Okay, stop right there. So what they're referring to, and, and this is the interesting thing, is that there were others with him that had already received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the mm -hmm. circumcised believers. Yeah. That had they received the baptism. Who are Gentiles? What are Gentiles? Well, the the Gentiles would have been non-Jews. Yep. And the Jews. So so the circumcision was a sign in the Old Testament of being in the covenant with God, the old covenant with God. Mm -hmm. um, these old covenant uh, uh, Jews had followed Jesus, uh, had and and at this point became believers of who Christ was. They would have had, had the baptism of the Holy Spirit at that point in time because they're watching him preach. Now these, uns, these circumcised believers are watching Gentiles, uncircumcised people who I'm sure thought would never receive the, this thing called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Now they start, they receive it, and they're shocked. They're like, what, what's just going on? I mean, they're, they're yeah. shocked. Like, even these Gentiles are but. How did they know they received it? There had to be an evidence mm -hmm. that they had received mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit. That same evidence mm -hmm. that came upon them was the tongue of fire, and they began to speak in other tongues. I would think if I were to draw from, because from, we're given nothing else other than that. Uh, well, in 46 it, the, it says, for they ahead. heard them speaking in other languages and declaring the greatness of God. So they heard, they're like, <laughs> That's not supposed to happen. I so, so keep reading. It said they heard mm -hmm. them speaking in other languages. They heard mm -hmm. these people. Now, I want you to remember. They heard them speaking in other languages. Go ahead. Declaring the greatness of God. Then Peter responded, Can anyone withhold water and prevent these people from being baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And it says, just as we have. They received the Holy Spirit just as we have. Mm -hmm. So you go back to the day of Pentecost. Mm -hmm. They had received it just as they had. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Then they asked him to stay for a few days. Okay. So the part that's interesting, and you see it a couple of times in that verse, it said that they heard 
them speaking in their language. Yeah. That they heard them speaking. I'm going to tell you a story. So there was a gentleman who um, wasn't against the Holy Spirit, wasn't for it, just didn't know what to believe. He was in that place that maybe you're in right now if you're listening and you're saying, I don't, I'm not against it. But like I said earlier, I haven't experienced it. So I don't know what to believe. Is it real? Is it not real? I've never experienced it. I'm not against it. I'm not holding it back. I would be the one to go to the Holy Spirit. Lord, if this is real, I want. Maybe you're in that place. Well, let me tell you, this is where this gentleman was at. And he came to a, a retreat. And it's a powerful retreat. We call it a Kairos retreat. It's, it's, it's a incredible retreat. And on Sunday morning, we always give an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to take people through baptism. And... Um, on this particular retreat, there was this gentleman who wasn't resisting, who just hadn't been there, gets baptized in the Holy Spirit and uh, experiences a manifestation uh, where it happens on occasion where you, you're almost intoxicated by it. And the feeling of it is so incredible um, that you never want to leave it. I mean, you just love everyone. It's, it's an incredible overwhelming sense of just uh, pure perfection is the only way to put it and 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 for those who've walked through it they know what i'm talking about it's just it's like god just soaks you in the kingdom and he, he experiences this to the point where they can't even he he's they got to put him on a cart and haul him out to a car now i know that makes many people hearing that feel uncomfortable think it's that's just weird but they'll go out and get drunk and not think twice about it because they've been intoxicated by alcohol or substances. Their physical body was, why, why is that strange for us to think that we get so enamored in the spirit realm that, that it just, it's an incredible bliss. So, and he would tell you it was amazing. Um, and they took him to the car. He had, his son drove him home, actually. He gets home, gets out of his car, goes into his daughter's uh, car prays for her in tongues because he got baptized in the Holy Spirit with uh, the ability to speak in tongues and he began speaking in tongues over his daughter and she was on the phone with somebody else and um, she slow she didn't know she wasn't there so uh, she wouldn't been at the retreat so this was new he just gets in he lays hands on her he wasn't paying attention to the fact that she was on the phone he's praying with her only in tongues he doesn't stop for a period of time, so she takes the phone, sets it on the seat next to her. Um, after a while, he's still continuing, so she ends the call without saying anything. He finishes up. He goes back into the house. She calls the person back. Now, all he's done, done was praying tongues over her. And she says, I'm sorry about that. My father was at a retreat. I'm sure it was weird hearing all that weird language stuff. And the guy goes, what are, you, what are you talking about? And she goes, well, he was speaking in that language that was just really strange. And he goes, I didn't, he, I heard, I didn't hear any language. And then he proceeded to tell her what he was saying in English. Wow. So the interpretation, they were hearing, he heard this man speaking in tongues. He heard it in his language. See, the ability to speak was not in the person speaking in tongues. It was in the hearing of the person that heard. There was an operation of hearing 
what mm. he was saying in their language. Hmm. And so many people say, well, if you're not speaking in tongues in an ancient language or in the language of that day or in the language, then, then that's why it can't exist. No, friend. You know, when you speak in tongues, it really is in the hearing of that tongue. Hmm. And so it, it's, it's an incredible thing uh, to be able to speak because it is truly this perfect language, as Zechariah talks about, that Jesus would restore the perfect language back to mankind. It, it reminds me when you were talking about, like, we say it as such a gift, right? Mm -hmm. But if you grow up hearing that it's demonic, like we were talking, we've mm -hmm. been talking about yeah. that it's a sin. I had a, actually in group, I, I had a, a guy that said, we were talking about the law, uh, the commandments, and uh, we were talking about sin. And so we were, we were going through Mark and we were talking about sin and, and do we recognize our sin? And he was, and he had literally made a direct correlation. Like we were getting confused on what he was talking about, but he literally, he like didn't see what the difference was between sin and the law. Yeah. And it was like crazy for me. He didn't, he wasn't like thinking that the law was bad in his, but literally out of his mouth, like what your, your, it reveals the content of your heart. He had literally just saw the law as a list of sins that you couldn't do. But then we got, we got down to it. We're like, okay, what was the law for? And we talked about Romans six and how God brings the, like the law was supposed to guide us and put us in the way of Christ that it was to, to keep us on the straight path, to give us little bumpers so we can bowl a strike. Mm -hmm. uh, but actually sin inside us condemned us by the law, that sin took advantage of the gift of God to condemn us. And so him saying that, I was like, I totally was taken off guard because I'm like, wow, that's really how people think. And sometimes I'm so Christianese and forget like, the understanding that the spirit has allowed me to understand these things that might seem foolish, that might seem evil, but he's revealed himself to me that things that I grew up on, uh, I disagree with now. And I think uh, we have to come to a place where we stop looking at how we feel, stop continuing to, to look at people that just affirm your own beliefs and start looking to the facts because yeah. I don't understand how you can read this and just put it off to the side. Uh, like we have to look here. What does it actually say? Not about, not a video on someone talking about, but look in his word and see for yourself what this has to say, because we have a lot of tendencies and, and laziness, I think inside us where we're being intellectually dishonest because we'd rather have someone tell us than actually go to the source. And when you go to the source, it, it kind of points out a lot of things that we thought were, were so true were actually false. And, and you're claiming that the Holy Spirit is evil, not even recognizing it, that that's how you view it. And that's why you can't receive it because there's such a wall that's built up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, we've heard the buzzword deconstructing your faith. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, in many ways, uh, you learn Sunday school truths from people who maybe have never been discipled. They've just been told, and you have no idea how you get there. Mm -hmm. And I, I think there is some deconstruction that has to take place That's in right, our yeah. life and recognize that there are things we, that are not truth. 
Mm-hmm. And, and based on like what you were saying, you know, and, and just sharing, it's so true. And while you were saying it, actually, I was thinking about this. If you're going to be wise and going through that process of deconstructing what you believe, what you're going to put your faith in, you need someone to help you through that process. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible says, go ye therefore and make disciples. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're a culture where there has, there's been an, an enormous lack of discipling yeah. that has taken place. And so things like the elementary truths that we see in Romans chapter 1 mm-hmm. are, are not even a part of many lives. The baptism, the baptism is, is foreign to people. And then we make them leaders. Yeah. And yeah. we say, okay, so you don't, you, you're not even operating in the six foundational truths, mm-hmm. you know, where it says repentance mm-hmm. is part of our truth. We, repentance is changing the way we think. It's just part of our life. Like I'm constantly allowing God to change the way I think and change the direction I go in. It's repentance. I'm going to put my faith in God and nothing else. And we have a lot of leaders that are teaching us to say we put our faith in God, to say we're doing the best, but, but they're actually living out something. They're discipling something else. Hmm. And um, really, that's why we need the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a friend. Mm-hmm. And if I had, uh, if you, if you and I were going to work together, and because I'm sitting on this side, I'm driving a British car, mm-hmm. okay, and uh, I'm going to work, and I stop and I pick you up to go to work with me because you and I work together, um, and you get in the car. I don't say good morning. I don't say hello. I just drive. We get to work. I open my door. I don't tell you anything. I don't talk to you. I don't acknowledge you. I get out and I go into work. I come back. I get in the car. I, I get ready to go, and you better be there because if you're not there, I'm leaving, and I take off whether you're there or not. But you're you're there because you know I take off, right? So you're there before I get there, and you're in the car. But I don't ever acknowledge you. Hmm. I don't ever talk. Are you a friend? No. How long are you going to ride? Even though you need a ride to work, how long are you going to ride with me? You're going to start looking for somewhere else to ride, right? Mm-hmm. I think the Holy Spirit is with us always. Yeah. But is he a friend? Do we acknowledge the presence of a the person of the Holy Spirit yeah. in our life? Not a mm-hmm. the person of the Holy Spirit. That's where you start. You start really by saying, I acknowledge that the Holy Spirit is right here with me, yeah. that I'm not alone that I don't have to worry like everyone else worries. I don't need to walk in fear. I don't need to walk in doubt. I don't, because the Holy Spirit is with me. And if I acknowledge he's with me, mm-hmm. then he's going to help me walk through some of the questions in the chaos that I'm feeling about all of this. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's crazy what, what Jesus says um, when he's talking about the Spirit and something greater coming. He says, oh, all this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. Mm-hmm. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Um, which is like, why would you reject that? Mm-hmm. That, uh, like, uh, a rem- not even just a reminder that reminds us of truth 
uh, the Holy Spirit gives us uh, the ability to know what God is thinking. Uh, then when the Spirit rests on you, it's power. It's um, being able to be an instrument uh, of God to operate and partner with Him. But we're trying now, we're trying to operate as God's disciples and, and messengers um, out of our own aspirations <laughs> and morality without, you know, we're, we're not plugged to the power source. Like, I want the power. I don't want to be a master manipulator. I want to speak because God speaks through me. I think many of us have relegated our, our lives to the great mission mm-hmm. and not the great commission. Yeah. Hmm. God has called us to participate with him. Hmm. Uh, many ca- cases, we've left the Holy Spirit out of our mission. Yeah. So it's just a mission. Mm-hmm. It's our mission. It's not a commission. No. A commission is when we acknowledge that we're doing this with the Holy Spirit. The two of us are working it, which is why Jesus said, you guys stay here until the promise comes Hmm. because there's a great commission that you're being called to do. So don't leave without it. Yeah. If, if, if we could change the way we see the scripture, we, if we could change the lens, like you said earlier, and just have a clear lens and let the scripture inform our thinking. It's incredible how evident the baptism of the Holy Spirit is in scriptures, that it doesn't come when we believe at salvation, that it's yeah. a separate event mm-hmm. that takes place. Mm-hmm. And and it and it's and it was immediate after salvation. Uh, just as baptism water was, it was yeah. something that they knew they needed to move forward. Um, and and to be able to have an attitude where we say, Okay, God. Um, it's biblical one it's biblical and it's a choice you yeah. get to choose it, it isn't going to be forced on you mm-hmm. uh, it isn't it's not weird uh, just because that's a great excuse for us to not pursue it but it does call us to a deeper relationship with Christ as well mm-hmm. it calls us to something deeper because we're going to walk in the nine gifts of the spirit mm-hmm. and 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 by the way the bible is very clear when it said that it is for the common good of the body. It isn't for this person and not for that person. It's not a gift. It's not a gift that some get and some don't. Mm-hmm. It, that, that's not a gift. It's the, it's the function of the spirit man that happened at salvation. It's a function. And so it, you, some people have been living dumb where they can't speak. You know, dumb meaning the ability to speak. They don't have the ability to speak. Uh, their spirit has not had the ability to speak and God wants your spirit man to speak. And when it speaks, it's going to speak in its spirit language. Mm -hmm. I think, um, that we get, we, there's, there's two types of categories. One that's been in the church for a while and they're on the mission Mm -hmm. and, but the mission has become salvation for them that because they're doing so much that how could I be doing any wrong? Right. But we totally forget that, like all the spirit, like we talk about that it's 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 power and to equip too. But I've been telling the guys that I've like led, I'm like, there's something, and I'm working through this with God because sometimes I'm 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 a fruit inspector, um, and I'm I'm looking. I'm like, have you really accepted? Have you really mm-hmm. believed? But the thing that's missing, and they and P, and they'll know this too, is that there is a presence of God. That when you encounter that presence, you can't walk away the same. 
It's it's yeah. so different. It's not just for um, God's not just trying to all right get get to work go go like just get out of my presence. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to mm-hmm. just you know like I'm just driving the car. I'm never acknowledging you. It's God wants a relationship with you and that presence, like you said, it's like it's like a drunk feeling. It, there's just nothing when you encounter the presence of God. I remember there was a time where this last year it was two years ago during uh, COVID where I was in the bathroom, there was a worship song playing that I usually skip. And it was actually literally just a prayer on shuffle. And I was listening to it and it was talking about fill the room, like come Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I remember like break, like out of nowhere, I was getting out of the shower. I was getting ready for the day. And I sat in there for three hours, just blasting this music. I played it over and over and over. And there was something about it where just in the monotony of the day where I had to stop. And I remember I'm like, God, I don't even want to leave this. I'm not praying for anything. I'm just, God, I don't want to leave this presence. It's so amazing. And I don't want to just go back and, and, and go on with my day. Like This is so, am- there's nothing like this. But people have made it so much about just about mission. God isn't like that. He's not just trying to have you get in the car and just go. He wants to encounter you in such a way. And when you understand that, that he wants to encounter you as a fa- father, not just a, a corporate businessman, that, that I think leads us where to repentance, where it talks about in the Bible, where we're like, oh my goodness, I was looking at it the totally the wrong way. And it catapults us to want to do these things, but it's out of an overflow. People are trying to, trying to do all this with a half-filled cup. They haven't been filled with this presence that that at, like catapults them to want to do the mission. It's yeah. not just about like the power and that's great, but God wants to fill you with this presence first because he, a lot a lot of our hearts aren't on the right things. We're looking for the hand and not His heart. Well, and and if if you have never experienced the presence, but you've yeah. been told. Mm-hmm that this is his presence yeah and you go to um and and we we you know the bible says do not forsake the gathering of the brethren we need to be in church yeah yeah but if you've been told in a dead setting that that's the presence of god yeah you, and you're bored out of your mind and you can't wait to get out of there you're like i don't want any more of that yeah. that's like me paying penance mm-hmm. to be there and so i'm obligated to go but i don't want to do it anymore that so you don't long for the present it would almost be like me saying to you alex are, are you hungry uh, would you like to go to Fogo de Chao? Yeah. Right? You'd yeah. say, yeah, because you, in your mind, you've either it's been there, yeah. you know, it's like steak and it's mm-hmm. great and it's wonderful. And they say, okay, when we get there, though, it's going to be a little bit different. And and you're like, yeah, I'm hungry. And I'm like, but this is going to be a little different. This is going to be uh, liver. Cow liver, turkey liver, chicken liver, pig mm-hmm. liver. They're only serving liver. So every steak that comes to you is going to be a liver. That, that excitement for dinner at Fogo de Chao, all of a sudden changed Mm -hmm. because the perspective of how I define it, what you're being served is different. Mm -hmm. And I think people have been served something, told it was the presence Mm -hmm. of God. It didn't change them. It wasn't intoxicating. It wasn't Mm life-giving, but they were, it was defined as the presence of God. This is the presence of God. And so they don't crave it. They don't long for it. They don't look Mm -hmm. where the Holy Spirit, like those moments, that you're describing, I was <coughs> thinking back to similar moments, and many of you have those moments as well, where where like you're there in in a song, uh, 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 which is where it often happens mm-hmm. is when you're worshiping God, and you're you're it's it's like when you lift up God, 
it says he'll draw you into his presence. Yeah. I'll draw you to yeah. myself. Mm-hmm. And so worship is such is primarily the common way that people get into uh, the presence of God. And and uh, you, you get there and you don't want to leave. You don't want to uh, you don't want to exit out of that. No. And and all of that is really interacting and acknowledging the baptism of you know it's it's in that baptism of the spirit where we experience that but yeah it's as we talk all about this again there's there's just a curiosity that i think that that comes with this faith and that this is just us bringing this curiosity and looking at scripture and what does it say and Mm -hmm. hopefully developing that within you (laughs) god can handle your doubts god can handle your curiosity but he's not going he loves you too much uh to to give up your free will that he gave you that you need to make that decision that this might be uncomfortable but god i lay down my logic i lay down my free will god i welcome you to do what you need to do and be honest with them god i don't agree with this i don't, I, I think that this is man-made i think that this is this is not right he can handle your doubts uh but in, until you don't write a being a man don't write a book on pregnancy uh because that's just foolish <laughs> you've never experienced it just like that's foolish don't count this out if you've never experienced it and you take god at his word that it's the inerrant inerrant word of god it's all throughout the bible so you need to be honest with god be honest with your doubts and let him invade your heart and you will encounter a presence that's so much greater than any word you've heard from a man because you'll directly be hearing from God. Uh, with all that being said, we love you guys. We want your questions. We, we might be able to handle your questions with the Holy Spirit. but God can, but we're going to try to answer your questions. You can do that by emailing me at pastoralex at bethelsrock.org. Again, we encourage your questions. We want to hear uh, what you guys are thinking, and we'd love to talk about this. So until next week, uh, have a, that was a really weird have a great way. day. Have a, have a great day. <laughs>